What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Uh, Good morning, America. I am your fearless leader, Jason McIntyre here. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Woo! Got an NBA Hall of Famer on the show today. Oh, boy. Strap in, ladies and gentlemen. I'm feeling it. I am. I feel like I'm in the zone and not in that like J.R. Smith zone, which is kind of like, what's going on? What am I supposed to do? Uh, we are going to be on Brian Coangelo watch today. Uh, the 76ers president expected to get fired. I can't wait till we talk about that story later in the show. Um, what a buffoon. <laughs> you know, I mean, that story is fantastic. It was just a great week for weird NBA stories. Yeah, Brian Coangelo, J.R. Smith. Uh, we're going to talk about J.R. Smith, just so you know. I covered him in high school, and I nearly wrote a book on him. I was in with his family. I know him well. I'll tell some stories from that time. And uh, in a way, I feel bad for him, but I'll get into that later. But what I really want to talk to you guys about today 
this is a big picture story. You know, we often talk on this show about seeing the forest through the trees. Yes, we're going to talk about J.R. Smith. Yes, we're going to talk about that referee block charge call. Yeah, we're going to talk about how bad Kevin Durant was in game one. Yes, yes, I see you all over my Twitter. So, Jason, who's better, Durant or LeBron? We're going to get to all that stuff. But big picture, one thing happened in game one of the finals near the end. And, and I was shocked that nobody talked about it yesterday on radio or TV. It was kind of glossed over. Um, and that's LeBron James and what happened with him and Steph Curry near the end of the game. If you saw that and you watch it, and I put it on my Instagram page if you guys want to go check it out, I watched it at least 50 times. It was a weird encounter, and it speaks volumes about why LeBron is definitely leaving Cleveland one month from now. And you can't blame him. Not even the people of Cleveland can blame him. All his fans. When he leaves, you can look at that Curry moment that happened at the end of the game and say, ah, I got it. Yes, I understand now. So I'll set the scene for you. The Warriors are up 11 in overtime. The game is over, right? There's 40 seconds left. And Steph Curry drives in for a layup. LeBron, as he is wont to do, soars out out of nowhere, and just swats the shot against the backboard, uh, and the Cavs go down up court. But there's 35 seconds left. The game is over, okay? And Curry, after getting a shot blocked, turns around and looks at LeBron jokingly and says something to the effect of, man, LeBron, you couldn't even give me that one layup, you know, at the end of a blow, you know, blowout overtime. You couldn't even give me that one. You can see Curry smiling. He's got a happy-go-lucky he, as you might say to a friend and pick up basketball, even if you're losing, you know, ah, oh, man, you couldn't even give me that one? Jeez. Hey, we're millionaires, okay? Life is good. F- we're having fun. LeBron was having none of it. At the end of that game one, LeBron and Curry, this moment, uh, it should be talked about more because you know, everybody likes to say, oh, the NBA players, are too, they're too close as friends now. Everybody's chummy. They're all joining super teams. They don't hate each other. Folks, Chris Paul, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, these guys dislike Stephen Curry a lot. They hate Steph Curry. Okay? They, they're looking at this below-the-rim player, which is what Steph Curry is, absolutely dominating the league. He's being worshipped by fans. Did you guys know Steph Curry had the best-selling jersey in the NBA for the last three years? How is this happening? Why is this happening? And LeBron, after blocking that shot of Curry's, and Curry said, oh, you couldn't give me something. You couldn't just give me that basket. Like laughing. And you can see the video. He is smiling. LeBron turns to him and basically says, get that weak bleep out of here. MF. Blah, blah, blah. And and LeBron just shut it down quickly. And you can even see his head kind of snap the way his head did back in 2015. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 2016, when LeBron blocked Curry's shot during the comeback from down 3-1. And Cleveland won wild that time. But this was in Golden State. Not a lot of people paid attention to this moment. But for LeBron to shout back curse words at Steph Curry in an 11-point game, it was it, to me, it was shocking. And when you look at that, Curry's reaction is, wait, he, his eyes almost pop. He's like, what? Are you seriously doing, saying that right now? Like, really? Are we really going to go there right now? Curry is genuinely puzzled that LeBron is cursing at him 
with 35 seconds left in an overtime blowout. So what happens? So Clay Thompson sees it. He's nearby. Clay Thompson comes over, and just before Clay grabs Steph Curry, LeBron shoves Curry with his forearm as if to say, get out of here. Get out of my face. Get that weak stuff out of here. And I joked at the time that this looked like Thanos, if you saw the Avengers movie. This looked like Thanos just dispatching one of the Avengers. Get out of here. And then Clay Thompson, he's having none of that. So you now got Clay and Curry jawing at LeBron. And what this set the scene for you if you know if you're not near a computer to, to see the video. LeBron is on an island by himself battling the Splash Brothers. Now think big picture. Man, the refs took this game from me. If you're LeBron, you're saying the refs took this game from me. J.R. Smith screwed it up. George Hill can't make a free throw. And we get dusted in overtime. LeBron was angry. I, I've never seen LeBron in a postgame press conference as angry as he was. Remember, he walked out at the end when the questions kept coming about J.R. Smith. And what's so weird is Curry and LeBron used to be friends. LeBron famously went to one of Steph Curry's games when he was at Davidson. He was like, yeah, I like this little guy. He's a great story. Ah, but Steph Curry's not, he's not a plucky underdog story anymore. Okay? Steph Curry was never on the cover of Sports Illustrated. The chosen one, he's got next, none of that. Steph Curry was barely recruited to Davidson. Virginia Tech, where his dad played, wouldn't even offer him a scholarship. Oh, yeah, you could walk on. No, nobody. Steph Curry is not a known factor coming out of high school. So then he goes to college. It was a good story. You know, they drafted two dudes ahead of Curry who were out of the league in like no time flat. Hashim Thabit, Johnny Flynn. People have been disrespecting Steph Curry forever. But LeBron liked him for a while. Hey, man. LeBron's a, uh, uh, LeBron's a nice guy. He's accepting Steph Curry in because, yeah, he's a, he's a plucky underdog. Ah, but not anymore. Right now, everybody, Steph Curry is a legitimate threat to LeBron because he's gotten in the way of LeBron's legacy. And you could see that encapsulated in that 25 or 30 second incident at the end of game one. Curry is now a threat. LeBron has talked about, I'm chasing Michael Jordan's ghost. Uh, I'm going to pass Jordan in every statistical category that matters. Because, I mean, LeBron's been ridiculous. He's doing stuff in his 15th year we've never seen before. He's having the greatest postseason in NBA history. The stats say that. So in stats, LeBron's going to pass Jordan, but he'll never catch those six rings. And you know why? Steph Curry got in the way. This little skinny six foot three kid got in the way of LeBron's legacy. And, and, and to me, the look that Curry gives him, like, dude, really? We're, we're having fun. We're playing basketball. Bah, but Curry knows his future is secure. He's the highest paid player in the league. He was drafted by Golden State. He don't need to leave. They built around Steph Curry. Curry is such a good player that Kevin Durant, who was going to be the heir apparent to LeBron, Kevin Durant wanted to play with Curry. And now Steph Curry's threatening LeBron's legacy. Folks, you can see it in the eyes of Clay and Steph Curry. They know they've got this series. LeBron, man, that was a hell of an effort. That was maybe the best performance in a losing effort in NBA Finals history. Jerry West had an incredible Game 7. Uh, I believe it was 1969, triple-double in Game 7, and they lost. He was MVP of the Finals. But LeBron just hung 51 on the Warriors. 
and they couldn't win. He knows what he's up against. Man, think about this. LeBron left Cleveland originally. Why? Why, guys? Because Boston had created a super team. Boston created a super team. LeBron gets ousted by them twice and says, man, you know what? Forget this. I'm going to make my own super team. So he calls up Chris Bosh. They go join Dwayne Wade in Miami. Ah, yeah. Two titles in four years. But And this is an aspect people really don't talk about. When LeBron was leaving the Miami Heat to go back to Cleveland, guys, think about it. Golden State wasn't even on the radar. They had just lost in the first round to the Clippers. It was like, oh, they're, they're a nice story, but yeah, they're not a threat. Chris Paul and Blake Griffin were a threat. Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook were a threat. The Spurs were aging. But I'm telling Golden State was not on the radar when LeBron left Miami to go back to Cleveland. And then in a heartbeat, like, nobody saw this coming. Steph Curry, boom, 67 wins, MVP. Holy cow. Now, LeBron didn't have Kyrie and Kevin Love in that first series uh, against, against the Warriors in the finals. I don't think LeBron was really nervous, but then the next season is when the crescendo built. Wow, Steph Curry, first unanimous MVP in NBA history. LeBron will never admit this. Do you know how much that has to eat at King James? That Steph Curry, not Michael Jordan, not Shaq, not LeBron. Little Steph Curry was the first unanimous MVP in league history. And the jersey sales and the media adulation. LeBron had gone back to Cleveland to win titles. And Steph Curry's getting in the way? So LeBron gets lucky when the Draymond Green suspension happens. And he does get a title. And remember, after that, LeBron started trolling Curry and the Warriors. They had the Halloween party where they had Steph Curry's corpse and they stepped over it. LeBron still didn't respect Curry. And then a black swan event hit. Kevin Durant leaves to join the Warriors. And you could see LeBron last year. I mean, I mean, yeah, Kyrie, Kevin Love, they had no chance. No chance. They got dusted. 4-1. And now it's all building. LeBron, no more Kyrie. Kyrie wanted out. He said, I'm out. See ya. LeBron, Kevin Love, who's like a B player and then a bunch of C players against a team of superstars in their prime. LeBron's had enough. And you could see it at the end of game one when he cursed out Steph Curry. I'm not having none of that. This isn't fun. I'm here chasing Michael Jordan's ghost. And you're in the way. Folks, we are setting up. We're totally setting up for LeBron to create a super team to rival what the Warriors have built. That's got to happen if you're LeBron. You can pass Jordan in every statistical category. Points, rebounds, assists, uh, playoff wins, uh, uh, appearances in the finals. Rings is what LeBron's after. And Steph Curry got in the way. And this little runt, this little six-foot-three shooter, He's going to win two MVP titles. He's going to have the best-selling jersey in the NBA. He's going to win three titles in four years. Folks, in a week's time, Steph Curry's going to have as many championships as LeBron James. That's going to eat at LeBron for the rest of this month until free agency hits, and he's got his next super team, and the NBA, oh, it really is fantastic. Folks, we have such a good show today. I'm so geeked. I could talk about this LeBron, Steph Curry, 
what, what do we want to call it? I need a word, producer Rob. So, uh, Iowa Sam has suggested rift. I, I don't, I think it's deeper than that. Because I think there is some jealousy, right? Steph Curry's the most popular player in the NBA. I think there is some anger at how Curry is so dominant now. Uh, we'll dive deep into that. We're also going to do the top five point guards in NBA history. A lot of debate about that because people love Chris Paul. <laughs> hey, newsflash, Chris Paul's not top five point guard in NBA history. I'll just give that out right now. Sorry. <laughs> he's, he's not top five. He's probably not top six or seven either. Uh, we're going to talk stories about J.R. Smith. And uh, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Listen, I, I'm going to bash J.R. Smith. Yeah, you have to. But at the same time, he's not the only person to blame. Don't pin it all on J.R. Smith, and I'll tell you why. That's next. Iowa Sam dropping some Drake early in the show. What hat is that, by the way, Iowa Sam? It is the uh, the new L.A. football club. Uh, so they have an ML, a new MLS team to join the Galaxy, right? Uh, in LA, so it's the uh, Bobby G should tell you more about this. He knows about. It. He has a hat, the same I like hat that. too. It looks sharp. It's I, very I, sharp. I, I need to up my hat game. This is going to sound so lame. You need to get an LAFC hat. I think that's so, what LA Football Club. LAFC. Well, I've yeah. seen that yeah. though. So here's a funny story quickly. Um, so you know, I take my kids to school a few days a week, and I'll drop them off, and I'm always wearing a hat because it's early in the morning, and like. One of the dads told my wife, hey, I saw your husband, you know, on TV. And she's like, yeah, he's, he always wears these cool hats when he drops his kid off here. And I was like, really? I need to step up my hat game, you know? I've only got like five hats. You seem to have a lot of good hats. So obscure, I don't know if you need right? to obscure, which is yeah. good. Always good. I don't know if you need to obs- uh, I, up your hat game. Obscure is your hat good. Game's, your hat game seems to be at uh, an A-plus level. Oh, right thank you. I was saying. Just saying. Yeah. We worked together on the Dan Patrick show last Monday. Had a lot of fun. Uh, Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Uh, It's probably too early in the morning to take shots at Chris Paul, right? I don't want to go too uh, much off the reservation. Just so you know, um, Chris Paul? I get some thoughts on him and James Harden crumbling in the Western Conference Finals. Hey, one quick stat before we get to J.R. Smith. This is mind-boggling. This is These are the number of dribbles in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals. I'm not even making this up. James Harden, 600. Eric Gordon, 250. Rest of the Rockets, 179. I'm serious. James Harden, 600 dribbles in Game 7. The rest of the team didn't have 450. I mean, folks, that's crazy. Gosh, the Rockets imploded. (laughs) All right, let's get back to J.R. Smith. Um, Listen, so everybody's blaming J.R. Smith the last 24 hours. Well, he's the reason they lost. Uh, He screwed up. Yes. He's not the reason they lost. Hey, here's here's some truth serum for you early on a Saturday morning. Where's the blame for Ty Lue? Did he prepare his team going to the foul line? Hey, guys, we have one timeout. Could have notified your players. You could also could have notified the referees the second J.R. Smith grabbed that. Ty Lue could have run to the referee's face and said, timeout, 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 you know? Hey, I know LeBron had a tremendous game. Amazing performance. 51-8-8. and eight, He was ridiculous. 
He lit up Kevin Durant like a Christmas tree. Fun little fact. LeBron shot 10 of 15 when KD was guarding him. 10 of 15! That's insane. Uh, why didn't LeBron call timeout? He was at half court. J.R. Smith grabs the rebound. LeBron, all you got to do is turn to the ref and say, can I get a timeout? Let's get a timeout. You had one. There were 4.7 seconds left. I know everybody was shocked that an 80% free throw shooter missed it. But guys, uh, let's keep it real here. Ty Lue could have easily called timeout. LeBron could have easily called timeout. And yes, I do understand. J.R. Smith is a 14-year veteran making $13.7 million. He should know time and score. I understand that. And he's an easy target. Um, J.R. Smith, by the way, is not going anywhere. He's set to make $30 million over the next two years. Um, so now some quick backstory. I think I've talked about this before on J.R. Smith. Uh, I know him and his family pretty well. I kind of knew them. So he was in high school, and I was covering the high school sports in Jersey. Um, and there was this loaded AAU team called the Tim Thomas Players. You guys remember Tim Thomas, NBA player? He sponsored the team. And they were going to Vegas, and they could win this tournament or whatever it was. So I tagged along with them. The newspaper put me up. This was when newspapers mattered and were willing to spend money on sports. So I traveled to Vegas with the team and wrote about them. And J.R. Smith didn't live exactly in the area of Jersey where we were. He was more South Jersey. And I hadn't really seen him before. And he was on the team. And right, like in the first game in Vegas, you could tell, holy cow, this is the best player on the team. And they were loaded. They had like all Big East, ACC type players. Uh, they had one guy go to Villanova, Syracuse, Seton Hall, all the good schools. And J.R. Smith was lights out. I mean, electrifying. He had range that was like, so Steph Curry range, but in high school. And I'm not making this up, dude. The guy had the flick of the wrist going on, and he was doing these nasty dunks. Like, holy cow, this guy's amazing. And that was like the summer he kind of blew up. But as I'm watching these games, J.R. Smith's parents both traveled. Now, I know a lot of the kids, you know, uh, come from tough areas. Not a lot of their parents were on the trip. J.R. Smith, both of his parents came. And his dad had a good construction business. He's a, uh, you know, smart, intelligent guy. Mom was super nice. And I got in with them because I'm going all their games. And, you know, they start talking up J.R. And I'm like, maybe there's a book here. They're like, yeah. And the AAU coach was like, sure. But, of course, that season, J.R. Smith transfers to St. Benedict's, which was coached by Danny Hurley, who's now... Uh, the UConn coach. And J.R. Smith is utterly dominant. I start going to his games. He's doing, he was wearing 23. And J.R. Smith would do these baseline Jordan-type dunks. And it was just insane. It was like, how do more people not know about this guy? But this was this was like 2003-04. So, again, there was no Twitter. You know, all this stuff wasn't popping on social media. And all of a sudden, it comes to the end of the season. And J.R. Smith is a McDonald's All-American. And what happens? J.R. Smith has 25 points in the All McDonald's All-American game, shares MVP honors with Dwight Howard, and next thing you know, J.R. Smith is going to the NBA. He's not going to UNC. And right at this point, it started to be a little more difficult for me to talk to J.R. Smith and his parents, as you can imagine, and I'll never forget this. He went to, I believe, the Magic Round Ball Classic. And after he played in the game, he flew on a private jet with B.J. Armstrong who was, I believe, in the Chicago Bulls front office. And, you know, as they told, as the parents ended up telling me, yeah, once, once he talked to these NBA people, they were like, there's no shot that uh, he's going to go to UNC. 
And, and I like J.R. Smith. He was a nice, down-to-earth kid. A bit of a space cadet, but a ridiculously good player. And the problem is he was never able to shake that space cadet label. I'm telling you, he was a nice kid, not as heavily tatted in high school. And this guy goes to New Orleans and he clashed with Byron Scott. And then he goes to Denver and him and George Carl had beef. I mean, this is a guy who tried to untie somebody's shoe at the foul line. Like, you want to like J.R. Smith. And he's good for internet memes. But, man, I I do feel a little bad for him. Folks, that's not a blunder that's easy to overcome. Chris Webber had the timeout stuck with him forever. It's not going away. This is Chris Webber-level madness. And J.R. Smith's not going to be able to shake this. Now, I know that you could argue, well, J.R. Smith, precisely because of who he is, a knucklehead, a space cadet, he could shake this off and drop four threes in the first quarter in game two, and you'd be like, oh, (laughs) there's just J.R. Smith. The big problem is all these people want to say, oh, I wouldn't play J.R. Smith, I'd bench him. Somebody told me Stephen A. Smith said you got to bench J.R. Smith. Bro, come on, Stephen A. What are you talking about? You know the NBA. Who are they going to run with at shooting guard that they trust? Seti Osman? Rodney Hood didn't get off the bench in game one? You sure as hell can't go with Jordan Clarkson. I mean, listen, Rob, you are a Jordan Clarkson guy. I liked uh, Jordan Clarkson with the Lakers. Jordan Clarkson looks so out of his element here, uh, stepping up in class. In the NBA final. I mean, did you see game one? He was came off the bench chucking. Jordan Clarks has never met a shy he didn't like. That's going back even to the Lakers. You days. can't do that when you play with LeBron. Hey, well. I mean, like you could see the exasperation on LeBron's face when Jordan Clarkson just came in and was just jacking shots. So this idea that they can bench J.R. Smith is lunacy. You you can't. It's just not happening. Um, I wish J.R. Smith the best. Uh, I know you could argue, who cares? The guy's filthy rich. He's set for life. He's got generational wealth. Uh, looks like he's made over $58 million in his career. He's got another $30 million coming the next two years. He'll shake it off. Um, but I, I just want some perspective. Like, it's easy to dog these guys out and say, oh, man, jeez, J.R. Smith, what a buffoon. But I'm telling you, Ty Lu could have easily signaled we need a timeout. Everybody lost their minds on that play including LeBron, including Ty Lue. And I know LeBron did with like seven-tenths of a second realize, oh, we should call timeout. Uh, hey, we got a couple callers we're going to try to get in next, if that's okay with you, uh, Producer Rob. 30 minutes, we've got Hall of Famer Oscar Robertson coming up. Uh, we got my man Brian Windhorst coming up. Anthony Slater, who uh, probably covers the Warriors as well as anybody. Um, it's going to be it's just a loaded show today. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. We haven't said enough great things about LeBron yet, 30 minutes into the show, but he is having the greatest postseason ever. Better than Magic, Michael, way better than anything Kobe's ever done. We'll talk about that next. But first, let's go to Deb Carson for the latest report. Hey, Jason. While the Dodgers have placed Clayton Kershaw on the 10-day DL with a lower back strain, manager Dave Roberts confirmed Kershaw did receive an anti-inflammatory injection for the injury. Could be out just that 10 days, but... Robert said that Kirsch could miss a month of action. Last night, the Dodgers won at Colorado 11-8. Yasiel Puig 4-for-5 with a homer. Rockies lead in the NL West is now just a half game over Arizona as the Diamondbacks mauled the Marlins 9-1. Mariners walked off the Rays 4-3 in 13 innings. Seattle is... 
a game behind Houston for the AL West lead. Astros also winners. They beat the Red Sox 7-3. Boston's lead in the AL East is now just a half game over the Yankees, who won at Baltimore 4-1. Atlanta leads the NL East by a game and a half over Washington after the Braves shut out the Nationals for zip. And online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Finally, taking a look at the Memorial in Dublin, Ohio. Tiger Woods will tee off at about 11.20 Eastern this morning, starting the third round five under par. That's six behind the current leaders. Phil Mickelson will start the day at four under par. He tees off at about 11. And Jason Rory McIlroy making up some ground today. He started the day even par, three birdies and an eagle later. Rory is five under par through 10 holes. Thank you, Deb. You bet. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I'm your host, Jason McIntyre. Fine Saturday morning out here in Los Angeles. Sunny, good start to the weekend. Hope you got some big plans. I'm coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Before I start to wax poetic about the greatness that is LeBron James, Rob, let's take these two callers real quick. We've got uh, Daryl in Austin, Texas. He wants to talk about my Curry-LeBron Open. Daryl, what's going on? Hey, what's up, man? Um, yeah, I heard you guys was talking about Curry, how he's disrespected coming out of college. The thing with Curry is he worked for what he got. You know, when he came out of college, he was, I mean, he had a good jumper, but he, he, every year he worked on that, his dribbling, off the dribbling, creating space. I mean, you know, it was just... A, Amazing work ethic. So um, everybody doesn't have the ability like, you know, Kobe, LeBron, or Michael Jordan with that natural, you know, athletic ability. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, some of these guys came in. Thanks for the call, Daryl. Kobe came in as he's going to be great. LeBron was the chosen one at 16, right? We all knew Kevin Durant was a unicorn. Some of these guys were anointed. I mean, heck, Chris Paul was a top number four pick overall. People knew he was going to be a great point guard. Russell Westbrook, top five pick. All these top five picks were ticketed for greatness, pretty much. Not Clay Thompson and not Steph Curry. Uh, let's go with one more quick caller, Nat in Richmond. Nat, you want to talk LeBron, Steph Curry? Go. Yeah, I think LeBron, uh, LeBron's legacy is all on LeBron, both in poise uh, and in strategy. Uh, meaning, last night you would never see a, a Kobe or a Jordan throw tantrums like you they did. I mean, they oh, got upset about all. <laughs> Kobe yeah. never threw a no, tantrum? they go direct at him. They go direct at the referee and, and, and explain, but he throws, it looks like a tantrum. And then strategy-wise, he's chased everybody away. I mean, from Kyrie to different coaches. The thing about the others is that they knew which coach would make them excel, and they were a coach themselves on the floor. I don't think the king is King Lee in how he's poised and coaches everybody up in his, hmm. his conduct. So that's my thought. Interesting. Thanks for the call, Nat. Uh, listen, I, I can't come down hard on LeBron. This is a guy, when you're on the cover of Sports Illustrated 16, you're essentially a child star. Go look at Hollywood and see how many of those child stars ran afoul of the law or it got to their head or what have you. LeBron's never had any of that drama in terms of arrests or problems with the law enforcement. None of that devoid of scandal. So you got to give LeBron some props for that. While we're talking about LeBron, I think it bears noting 
that one of the reasons that he has earned my adulation and everyone else's really, this is a guy, remember, people, not me, other media people mocked LeBron last year. Oh, he never plays 82 games. Jordan played 82. LeBron needs all this rest. To me, it was smart for LeBron not to play 82 games. Who cares about the regular season? But LeBron heard it. He's got those rabbit ears. LeBron comes out, plays 82 games, and, oh yeah, leads the league in minutes per game. That's ridiculous. This is insane. And then, to win Game 7 in Boston with no Kevin Love? That was impressive. Gets to the finals without Kyrie, also impressive. And 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 I gotta say, I know that two weeks ago I said Kevin Durant was the best player in the NBA, and I'd said it since last June when Durant murdered LeBron in the final. Just crushed him in the fourth quarter. I gave you the stats. I can give them to you again if you need them. I thought Kevin Durant was the best player on the planet. It was a torch-passing series. Because I didn't think LeBron could do it at 33. And then LeBron comes out and has this season... And I'm like, okay, well, LeBron's definitely not done yet or close to it. And then LeBron tears through the East, and you could say, all right, well, he beat up on, you know, Boyan Bogdanovich and OG Ananobi. Those guys could not sniff LeBron's jock. Okay? I mean, come on, they're not on his level. So, okay, let me see what he's got in the finals. And then he comes out and drops 51 in as good of a performance as you'll ever see in the NBA Finals. LeBron was the best player on the court in game one, and it's not close. There was no doubt about that. And actually, Steph Curry was second. Kevin Durant had a bad game. I mean, that's that's real. Like, Draymond Green had a better game than Kevin Durant. Like, I mean, Kevin Durant, I don't know. Maybe I gassed him up too much, and uh, I don't know. Maybe after those first two games against Houston, remember he had like 75 points in two games, and KD's like, ah, you know, I'm good, I'm good. And, or people started to figure him out. Hey, we'll give him the ISO against a guard. You know, we'd prefer that than him floating around the perimeter getting wide open threes. So, you know, LeBron has had an incredible postseason. Um, I'm just gonna, how about this? Is this fair, Rob and Sam? If, what if I just, when you say so, Jason, Who's the best player in the NBA right now? Well, the best player on the court in game one was LeBron James. And we move on. Is that is that fair to say? I You never want to judge a quarterback on one performance. You know? Some quarterback comes in and, and, and wins. Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl. So what? All of a sudden now Nick Foles is like a top 10 quarterback in the league? Come on. You, you Body of work matters. Now LeBron has an insane body of work this postseason. Um, again, he shot 10 of 15 when guarded by Durant. Dude is at LeBron's averaging 34, 9, and 7 in the playoffs. That's otherworldly. That is Thanos type. I mean, that's what he's doing. Think about what LeBron went through real briefly. Derrick Rose abandoned the team. Ty Lue needs a leave of absence for medical reasons. J.R. Smith throws soup at somebody. Half the team gets traded. Kevin Love, who's your second best player, says, I'm having panic attacks. Uh, like, LeBron's been through so much. And to keep delivering like this, I'm in awe. Uh, you can't blame LeBron because his shooter, his shooters, and he's creating all these great passes for him, shot 6 of 20 on uncontested three-pointers. That's an actual number. 6 of 20. 
Sam, gun to your head. If I was what walked right now to an open gym, could I make six of twenty NBA three pointers? Uh, yes. Yes, of course. That should you didn't even have to think about that. Kyle Korver, Kevin Love, these guys were missing open threes. I mean, two, two or three more of those fall, and the Warriors probably go down. They were close to stealing one game one. And let me wrap up just by you know I haven't probably haven't hammered Kevin Durant enough. So Durant comes back in the game in the fourth quarter. He sees LeBron is erupting like a volcano. I charted what Kevin Durant did. He missed a three. He missed a three. He made one of two free throws. He missed a three that was an air ball. He missed another shot, and then he made two free throws. I mean, he had a bad fourth quarter. And it was clear to me, Rob, I don't know if it's clear to you, but LeBron and Durant, you can tell Durant wants to do this again, and he's watching LeBron. He says, shucks, I'm not going to be the finals MVP unless I turn up. And, you know, he was just awful. Well, Jason, I told you this week that I heard from a little birdie that Kevin Durant is a little bit unhappy in his situation in Golden State. And I think in the last, well, especially in game one, but in game six and game seven against Houston, you can see it in his body language. Something was up. He doesn't look comfortable right now at all. He looks unsure of himself. He looks like he's kind of forcing the issues at times, like you said. There's something going on with Kevin Durant. It's yeah. kind of being masked by this this championship wow. glow that the Warriors well, yeah, still yeah. have. But I know, I know where you're going on. with this. We got to go to break. I know where you're going with this. We may have to work that into the show. Okay, let's just tear up hour number three and and get something because I see where Rob's going with this. This is why he's one of the best in the business, folks. Coming up next here on the Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. Oh boy, we got a dead man walking. I'll tell you who that is next. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Oscar Robertson, Hall of Fame point guard. Perfect day to rank the top five point guards in NBA history, right? You have on one of the Hall of Famers who played point guard. Does Oscar Robertson crack the top five? That's tough. We'll reveal that right after the interview. Um, ooh, let me just squeeze in this quick, quick Chris Paul note, okay? Because I just want to get it off. I want to fire it off. So Chris Paul got hurt, obviously, missed game six and seven. Um, and the Rockets lost. I know what you're saying. I can hear it now. Well, if they have Chris Paul, Jason, Rockets win. Yeah, maybe. Well, if the Warriors have Andre Iguodala, the Warriors win that series in five. Because we saw them easily win two of the first three with Iguodala. So uh, just a note on Chris Paul's toughness. So I'm listening to uh, this podcast about Navy SEALs because, um, you know, I like to think I'm tough. <laughs> and then you listen to these Navy SEAL guys talking, you're like, damn. So they were talking about what you go through to become a Navy SEAL. And there's something called a, a BUDS training, basic underwater demolition SEAL team stuff. Six-month training course. The first phase you go through, are you tough enough? Can you withstand pain? Is there no quit in you? A lot of people give up. And I'm not taking a shot at Chris Paul because of a hamstring injury, but we've seen this now several times. Chris Paul keeps getting hurt. At what point does Chris Paul need to... Look himself in the mirror and say, I'm going to make this the offseason where I get myself in shape. And I'm not 5 or 10 pounds overweight, carrying that extra pudge in the middle, and I'm going to get my body in tip-top shape. 
LeBron has never missed a playoff game in his career, everybody. Ever! I know, okay, LeBron's a unicorn, fine. He doesn't ever get hurt. Chris Paul's like best friends with LeBron. Dude, is it that hard to go to your best buddy and say, can I work out with you this summer? I'll do whatever you're doing. I want a title. Like, Chris Paul, come on, man. Listen to a Navy SEALs podcast like I did. Get tough. I won't even go to the second and third phase because, you know, Chris Paul's got to pass the first one. And I know, if you got an Jason, if you ever had a hamstring injury, yeah, it sucks. You can't do jack squat. Get your body in a place where you won't get these injuries. How do you prevent injuries? You know, training matters. And look at Chris Paul. Has he ever come in in tip-top shape? Oh, I just got this. You know who Chris Paul reminds me of? Ben Roethlisberger. Comes into the season immensely talented, but always like, man, he's not in. He's not trim. He's not like Aaron Rodgers. He's just, he could stand to lose five or ten. Chris Paul could always stand to lose five or ten. And he's a great point guard. But dude, he's trying to stay healthy. All right, quickly, the dead man walking. Brian Coangelo. Colangelo. Dude's got to get fired, I think, today. You can't let this fester. The NBA draft is in less than three weeks. NBA free agency, the most pivotal one in Sixers history where they could get LeBron or they could get Kawhi Leonard to to join forces with Simmons and Embiid. You got to get rid of Colangelo. I don't want to hear the excuse that it was his wife, maybe, sending all these tweets. You know, ignorance is not a legitimate uh, excuse here. Oh, well, it was my wife. It wasn't me. Uh, Dude, how did your wife have all that medical information on Okafor? How did your wife have all that medical information on Embiid? Your wife knows who Meek Mill is? I, I just, I don't believe it. I don't buy it. I don't care if, if it was a family member, his kid, his wife, whoever. You can't sit behind, sit back and say, well, I, I just had no idea my wife was doing this or my kid was doing this. There were, plus, I just don't buy that. You know, if you look closely at the tweets that this account was sending, they had the tone of frustration. And I don't think when Colangelo took this job, he knew how beloved the process and Sam Hinkie were. And he's never, he's never been loved in Philly. Everybody looked at him as like, oh, wait, your dad is who? Oh, he, oh, yeah, I got it. It's a nepotism. That's how you got this job. And they never really accepted Brian Colangelo. And then he goes and does that Markel Fultz trade, which from like two weeks into the season started to look like an unmitigated disaster. And, like, why is an NBA president who is filthy, ridiculously rich trying to convince dudes on Twitter, eggs on Twitter, that you're, like, awesome? Like, come on, man. Get a life. Who cares what these jabronis think? I mean, I, th- I think you got to fire Colangelo ASAP. And, yeah, the David Griffin LeBron stuff is coming up next. That's funny. Ha, ha, ha. You know that's following it up. All right, coming up next here on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. Oscar Robertson, Hall of Fame point guard, joins the show. Is he going to say nice things about Steph Curry? Hour number two here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Good morning, everybody. I am your fearless leader, Jason McIntyre. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Game two of the NBA Finals tomorrow night. 
Another big point spread here. Warriors heavily favored. I just, for some reason, and I was talking with producer Rob about this during the break, you just don't see that fire from the Warriors the way you saw it last postseason when they went 16-1. and You just don't see that. And I know it's very difficult to keep up with that for many years as you're going to the championship every year, and now this is their fourth year. You know when you add up the playoff runs from year one, two, three, and this fourth? You're looking at another entire season of games for the Golden State Warriors. That's why it's tough as heck to create and keep and maintain a dynasty. And I've got a great stat for you before game two. And don't, first of all, don't hand the Warriors this series. Okay? This stat is phenomenal. No team in modern NBA history, modern NBA history, has gone to five straight finals. Magic's Lakers could not do it. Larry Bird's Celtics could not do it. Shaq and Kobe could not do it. LeBron's Miami Heat only did four. The Spurs did not do it. I'm telling you, folks, five straight finals for a team is nearly impossible. The Warriors are the team that could possibly do it because their stars are young. Uh, Kevin Durant's 29. Clay and Draymond, 28. Curry's only 30. But they're definitely going to have to refurbish the bench, and we will get back to that topic. Don't hand the dynasty everything yet. We will get back to that topic later in the show, but right now we want to welcome in one of the all-time greats in NBA history, uh, Hall of Famer, NBA champion, former NBA MVP, Oscar Robertson joins the show. Good morning, Oscar. How are you? How are you doing today? I'm excellent. You know, I'm a lot better than J.R. Smith. Let's put it that way, Oscar. Um, I, I got to ask, I'm sure you saw game one of the finals. You know, I, I just want your thoughts on um, on the J.R. Smith brain lock. Have you seen anything like that that you can recall in such a big spot in the NBA playoffs? No, but things happen. You get it, get under pressure, you know. Uh, you know, when you feel like you're defeated, you know, you just you might do a lot of crazy things. But it's just difficult. This way, get this way. The game is played today. You know, I mean, um, the Warriors are very, very dominant, and I guess, <laughs> I guess Jr. felt it. Do you, is that something you can bounce back from easily? Because it was pretty clear in the post game press conference, LeBron was angry. Uh, he even jawed with Steph Curry on the court after that. It's just one of those. They had this game as double digit underdogs on the road. You steal game one, and it's series on, Oscar. How do the how do the Cavs bounce back from this loss? Well, you know you got to understand that Golden State they're, they're the champs, so they think you got to be have to beat them. I mean, you know, it, it's a lot of there's a lot of talk about basketball, but not it doesn't matter who comes to play. You got the talent. You're gonna they play well together. You're gonna win. I don't. I'd say I know Cleveland's great. That Cleveland's in the finals, but right now I don't think they have a talent right now that Golden State has. Yeah, I'm sure you. You would agree to that. I would certainly agree. I mean, you're looking at one of the greatest teams, you know, that the NBA's seen in the modern era, right? You got four all-stars, guys in their prime, and, and you know, led by two two of the best players in the league and Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. Oscar Robertson, let me ask you this. Who, who do you think is more important to the Warriors' success? You know, point guard Steph Curry or, or their small forward Kevin Durant? Well, no, no I, I made a comment to one of the executives with the Golden State that, I said, you know, I said, uh, between Houston and Golden State, I said, as long as Curry's in the game, I said, uh, and he's playing against Harden, I said, Golden State's going to win. Curry's a very intelligent player. 
Uh, he's not that rough and tough, tough and bumble type player. He's, he uses his head in every situation. And when you do that, you know, he knows when to pass, knows when to shoot, knows, knows how to move the ball up and down the court. That's tough to beat. We're talking with Oscar Robertson, Hall of Famer, uh, played with the Cincinnati Royals in the NBA, Milwaukee Bucks, won an MVP in 1964. Oscar, when you look at Steph Curry, uh, you know, you said he's an intelligent player. He, he's got two MVP awards. He's looking at his third title in four years. There's some talk. Hey, maybe this guy could catch Magic Johnson. Maybe as the best point guard in NBA history. Do you think Curry can ascend to that greatness? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who said Magic Johnson was the greatest point guard in, in, in NBA history? Well, I think with you know five titles, three MVPs, three well, finals. Know, that, 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 has, that has nothing to do with who's the greatest about. I mean, you know, this this is what it's really what really really gets to my under my skin. I played guard. And I thought I was a great guard. <laughs> yes, um, obviously. Bob Bob, Bob Cousy played guard. He thought he was a great guard. Walt Frazier, and Earl. I mean, this is what happens. If people get there and they see what happens goes on television, Magic was a great player with a great team. But there were some other great guards as well in, in basketball. Carriers, carriers are very good in this day and age. The way they play the game, the way the game is played today, carries tops. Yeah, it's tough to, to make to a certain extent, but you know, but but and and you know, there's some other players who are great players. You know, there's no doubt about what's going on today. Durant. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas, John Stockton. I mean, we we've but I guess the game has changed significantly from your era, even to the Magic era, to now. Do you think it's for better or for worse that we're seeing all these three pointers being taken by point guards? Because again, in the '80s and '90s, you know, Magic, John Stockton, these were pass first point guards. We're, right well, now, we're seeing the Damian Lillards, the Steph Currys, the Kyrie Irvings. They're scoring point guards. Well, they're scoring because they have to score. You know, in, in the days gone by, you, you had inside people, you had great centers and great forwards. So therefore, but you don't have that today. You don't have who, who's on the, who's on the Golden State team inside. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're good players, but they, but but that they can't they could they cannot carry a team offensively. So you need to have Durant. And Kerry and Thompson and whoever they have out there doing a great job for them. And, and when you're watching these games and there's no inside play whatsoever, uh, just your thoughts on where the league is today with the heavy three point shooting. You think the league's in a, a better place than it was, say, two decades ago when you had Olajuwon and Shaq and Ewing and centers were the alphas uh, versus now where, you know, the centers better know how to shoot three pointers or they're not going to play? Well, the game has evolved to a certain point. You know, it's not that centers have to shoot three-pointers. If you're a great center, you're a great center. If you're not a great center, you do whatever you can to stay in the ball game. If you have to shoot three-pointers or, or, or shoot dunks or whatever. I mean, you look, you look at the game today, there are no great centers in the game of basketball today. Who are the great centers that you have? I, I guess in, during an all-star game, they don't even list centers anymore, yeah. do they? No, not really. I mean, it's Rudy Gobert. Anthony well, Davis doesn't want to be a center. He wants the power he's forward not, label. He's not a center. Yeah. Davis is not a center. He wants, I think he played guard when he was coming up as a young <laughs> Yes, in high school. You're no, right. you know, it, it just, it just, people like to see uh, uh, three-point shots. And a little speaking, the people, a lot of coaches and general managers think three-point shots better than any kind of shot. But to go down a stretch with Golden State, what did they do? They went inside to Durant, didn't they? Yeah. And, and, you know, the post-up game, which you could argue didn't work well against Houston and, you know, had mixed results in game one against the Cavs. Uh, we're talking with Oscar Robertson, legendary point guard, uh, maybe the best point guard in NBA history. Uh, Oscar, I got to ask you finally, 
these super teams that we're seeing. Um, you know, the Warriors have four all-stars. We saw, um, you know, Cleveland last year with Kyrie, Kevin Love, LeBron. We, Minnesota's trying to create a super team. Houston doing the same. Uh, just your thoughts on super teams and, and where we're headed with them. Because we know LeBron's going to be a free agent this offseason. And as you even alluded to, his supporting cast is not there. He needs a super team. Well, everybody, everybody needs help. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure when Kevin Durant went to Golden State, he thought about this. But you know, you know, here, here it's, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful to talk about great teams. But if they don't only come together very often in, in the history, like, you know, I mean, yeah, Golden State's come together. They got Thompson, Curry, and they got let's see, Durant, and they got uh, some other other Draymond Green as well. Draymond Green, and then uh, they got a couple of kids coming off the bench playing well for them. That's how you. That's how you win. They 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 come together and play together, and they have talent. <laughs> but in this in this day and age that we're looking at today, when you're talking about twenty and thirty million dollars this for this guy and that guy, hey, money changes a lot of things for people. Maybe some people after you win a couple of championships, they don't want they don't want to have sacrifice anymore. They want to go <laughs> elsewhere and make more money. Yeah. You never know. You never know how that's going to happen. But right now, I would just. <laughs> They accept it and try to win another championship, and hey, and that's where it's going to be because people like people like to see uh, Curry shoot those, shoot those three pointers. They like to see Durant and Thompson shoot three pointers. But you know, it's like it's like with Houston. If you don't make them, what happens? <laughs> You're losing. All right, Oscar Robertson, I'll let you out of here on this one. It would be remiss of me to not ask about LeBron James, Michael Jordan. I know a lot of people hate that debate, but LeBron is having one of the greatest postseasons in NBA history. Uh, has he caught Jordan in your eyes as the greatest player of all time? Will he, or can he well, not yeah, be because he doesn't have the rings? See, here, here again, they go through this thing about uh, that Jordan was the best. You know, some people said Wilt was the best. Some will say I was the best. Some will say uh, uh, Bill Russell was the best. Jerry West was the best. You know, it's, there's no way to tell. You know, if you look at the teams that Jordan played with, Chicago had a better, better supporting staff than 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 LeBron has right now. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But you know, here again, different times. Mark Jordan was a tremendous finisher, a great basketball player. LeBron is outside with the ball. Boy, he's doing a great job. And if if Golden State makes some of those shots they were taking, it might be a different situation that we're talking about today. Certainly. But that's not. The, but it didn't happen. So uh, so, Oscar, who who would you say is your from your eyes the best player you've ever seen in NBA history? Is it not Jordan or LeBron? You know, I mean, I, first of all, I didn't play against those guys. Yeah. So I'm just sitting and playing against maybe this diluted talent they're playing against. Uh, Whoa, you know I mean? diluted talent, Oscar! Wow, jeez. <laughs> well, for, for instance, um, you, you got you got LeBron. Well, they've been he's been doing this, for, I guess. Guys for 14 years, they haven't figured it out yet, have they? Uh, that's a fair point. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, uh, you, you you think the talent is not as good as it was? Uh, well, no, 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 see, here we go, here we go. No, I didn't, I said maybe, maybe, maybe. Jordan, play. Who, who, who was guarding Jordan? Who was guarding LeBron? You know, maybe they, maybe it's a diluted talent. When I said diluted talent, that may, may be, be, be a deficiency situation, deficiency. When, I don't, I don't think, I don't think, when you talk to all these players playing today, if you if, say if you had eight teams, you'd be surprised who wouldn't be playing. You, mm. Every every player you see playing today, uh, are, are, to me, are not great players. This is why you see some of these teams win 15 games, 20 games, 
and lose sixty or something like that. Mm. If, they, if they were if they were better, you'd see you see a, uh, a closer closer tabulation of the games and whatnot. No, not no. I think there are a lot of that. When you got thirty something. Everyone's not not as good as the other players. That's why Golden State's winning all the time. Huh? Okay. Uh, interesting. Now you played at a time I guess it was fourteen teams in the league late '60s. So uh, we saw a lot of Hall of Famers in your time. Yeah. No, I, I guess you've got a decent argument. I would obviously disagree, but Oscar Robertson, the great Hall well, of wait, Famer. Wait, wait. Thank why you very. Why don't you disagree with that? I mean, I mean, look at it. See, pick a team. Pick a team and said, okay, look at LeBron's team. Look who's helping him versus look who's helping uh, Carrie and Durant on, on Golden State. Look, look who's on Houston's team and who's helping the, those those shooters outside. Yeah. That that's where you have diluted talent. If if they if they were great great helping helping out uh, with, with the guards, then maybe Houston would have beat Golden State, but they didn't. Yeah, the great Oscar Robertson, everybody. Thank you very much, uh, Oscar Robertson, Hall of Famer. Enjoy the rest of the finals, Oscar. Uh, thank you very much for joining the show. All right, take it easy. Thanks. Oh boy! Oh, oh, oh boy! Woo! Oh boy! Oscar Robertson dropping bombs left and right. I mean, we're should we just? <laughs> I think we have to uh, take a pause here. Uh, obviously, we're going to go to break. Oscar Robertson just laid a lot on us from who says Michael Jordan's the best player of all time to. Uh, Steph Curry, not the second best point guard. Magic, not the best current diluted talent. Oscar Robertson. Wow. Powerful stuff. Uh, I think we'll be hearing a little more about this interview. So we'll come back after uh, come back after this, probably talk about the top five point guards in NBA history. But a lot of the focus is going to be on Oscar Robertson. Thanks. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I'm still in awe of some of the stuff Oscar Robertson just told us. I mean, listen, I know he's an all-time great. Uh, there's no doubt about it. His his stats, I mean, go read up on him. I mean, Oscar Robertson had a ridiculous career. But this insinuation that who says Magic Johnson is the greatest point guard of all time? Who says Michael Jordan disagrees? I mean, I don't know. You know, maybe because I grew up in those eras, I'm just in shock hearing that. But there's, I guess there's other people who who would agree. I get maybe. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. I mean, Oscar Robertson knows the game of basketball really well. I, I mean, his career was incredible. But I, I got to be honest, I was drawing up a top five point guards list of all time. And I guess it depends on how what you how you define greatness. I mean, if it's titles, well, the supporting cast matters. And that's one thing Oscar Robertson was leaning heavily on because he kept coming back to supporting cast. And then you look at Oscar Robertson and, you know, he won one title in 71 near the end of his career. He wasn't the best player on the team. He led the NBA in assists seven times. He averaged a triple-double. Now, it was in 1962. That's not to diminish what Oscar Roberts has done, but there were nine teams in the NBA. Nick, I mean, 
Come on. There was nine teams in the NBA. The Syracuse Nationals, the Cincinnati Royals, where, where uh, Oscar played, St. Louis Hawks. I mean, nine teams in the NBA. I don't, I just don't see how. Go ahead. And Jason, um, you know, those teams, most of them probably looked like me, a 5'9". White yeah, guy. Oscar Robertson was a 6'5 <laughs> point guard. He was dominant in 1962. Could you argue he's the best player in the league in 19? Of course. He won an MVP award. He was first team All-NBA 11 times. But, and this is where it gets weird. So Jerry West and Oscar Robertson played the exact same 14 years in the league, 1961 to 74. Jerry West won a finals MVP while losing the series. Oscar Robertson won a league MVP. Jerry West was first team all defense four times. Robertson led the league in assists six times. It's like you go back and forth. But the reason why I and more people, many people, say Michael Jordan's the best because he went to the finals six times and won six. Now, eventually, LeBron is going to go to the finals like 11 times or whatever. Jerry West was 1-8 and eight in the finals. Oscar Robertson went there once. I, I just don't see how accomplishing reaching the finals matters a ton. And to some people like Oscar Robertson, individual talent matters more. I get that, but how good is your individual talent if you're not going to the finals? And ultimately, this is probably why I'm going to have to come back off Duran as the best player back to LeBron because of what LeBron's done in this postseason. I know it was against inferior competition in the East, but LeBron's been on fire these last few games when it matters most. I mean, 51 in, in defeat? And elevating your teammates matters. So for me, Jerry West is ahead of Oscar Robertson on the point guard list. Nick, I don't. would you agree? It's really splitting hairs. I mean, they're nearly identical. But when you go to the finals nine times... Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a Lakers fan, so I'm still a little biased, but I, I got to give it to Jerry West. But like you said, it's it's just 1A and 1B. Well, I, this would be 5A and 5B. Well, the, I just mean, me. like when you compare those yeah. two, like it's just that so, close. So my point guard list, and again, Oscar Robertson disagreed at the top heavily. My point guards all time, I go magic number one. And I laid it out for Oscar Robertson. I said, well, he won five championships. He was the MVP of the league three times. He won finals MVP three times. And Oscar Robertson countered with, well, yeah, he had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, so did Oscar Robertson when he won his title. Um, I just, Magic's greatness. This, I mean, this is where, like, this is the stuff dreams are made of. Magic, as a rookie, was a point guard and filled in at center in game six of the finals for Jabbar. In that series, Jabbar had averaged 33 a game. Magic had 42, 15, and 7 as a rookie in game six of the finals. Think, I mean, that's unfathomable now. That would be like if Jordan Bell, <laughs> well, Jordan Bell wasn't the number, yeah, yeah, wasn't number one overall pick, but Jordan Bell's a rookie. And he fills in for Durant and drops 42 and 15. Like, that's not, that's un, come on, nobody can, Jason Tatum. Is not doing that would have been could Jason Tatum have hung 42 and 15 and 7 on LeBron in game seven? No. He's a rookie. Hey, rookies don't do that. So magic for me is number one. And then when I said Steph Curry is number the second best point guard in NBA history, Oscar's like, well, who you know, who's saying magic's number one? Uh, Curry too. And, and and Curry's accomplishments to me, two titles, 
Going to be three shortly. Two MVP awards. He's only 30. Steph Curry's looking at three or four more years of greatness. And, and in a way that gives it to me for Curry, he's a transformational player. The guy is shooting from the logo. Nobody's done that before. He's stretching defenses, becoming one of the most efficient players in NBA history. So Magic changed the point guard position because of his height, 6'9". Steph Curry has literally changed the point guard position with his deep shooting. These are facts. Curry has had a Magic-like impact on the NBA. Magic never led the NBA in scoring. Curry led the league in scoring. So for me, it goes Magic, Steph Curry. After that, it's a bit of a log jam. I'll tell you where I went. I went Isaiah Thomas 3. But I'll say this. Isaiah never finished fourth or higher, fourth or better in MVP voting. He was never, he had one first place MVP vote in his career. Isaiah Thomas. So I had Isaiah Thomas three. Now we're going to pause there because we got Anthony Slater coming up from The Athletic. He covers the Warriors. I wonder if he'll agree or disagree with some of these Oscar Robertson thoughts. Again, we're going to have the audio for you shortly on Oscar Robertson. Just to recap, he thinks the jury's still out on the greatest player in NBA history. And that goes for the greatest point guard in NBA history as well. So we'll have that audio Big show today coming up next. You know, I have to ask Anthony Slater this because he covers the Warriors. Is there a Kevin Durant problem on the Warriors? But first, let's go to Deb Carson for the latest report. Well, Jason, Rory McIlroy started the day at even par. Six birdies and an eagle later. He's now eight under par through 14 third-round holes at the Memorial. Just three off the lead, which is currently 11 under par. Ricky Fowler also looking good today. Three under on the day, six under overall through eight third round holes. Tiger Woods will start the day five under par. He tees off momentarily there in Dublin, Ohio. Phil Mickelson currently three under par through two third round holes. At the French Open, Maria Sharapova cruised to a straight sets upset win over number six, ladies seed Karolina Pliskova and Rafael Nadal, the clay court king. Number one seed on the men's side. He was a straight sets winner in his third round match against countryman Richard Gasquet. Uh, Meanwhile, some Action on the diamond to let you know about, but online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Just correct myself, of course, Spain is where Rafael Nadal is from. Richard Gasquet is French. Feel good moment of the night, though, came. With the White Sox-Brewers game, Chicago beat Milwaukee 8-3, but White Sox pitcher Danny Farquhar, who suffered a brain hemorrhage during a game back in April, threw out the first pitch. Beautiful thing to watch. His doctors have uh, allowed him, of course, to leave the hospital and continue his rehab outside, but they're not going to clear him this season because they say he needs to rest. But that was nice to see last night. Nice to see him with his family throwing out the first pitch. Thank you, Deb. You bet, Jason. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Joining the show now, uh, he's been a guest many times. He covers the Warriors probably better than anyone else in the league. Anthony Slater of The Athletic. Anthony, good morning. How are you? Good. How you doing? You know, I, I I'd be a lot better if uh, Oscar Robertson didn't just throw off our whole show earlier. 
Uh, I asked him about the Magic Johnson versus Steph Curry, you know, greatest point guard of all time. And you know, <laughs> he's like, wow, who says Magic's the best point guard ever? You know, and I just it just rattled me, Anthony. So, uh, I, listen, I firmly believe Steph Curry is is such a transformational player. The way he performed in, in game one was phenomenal. Hey, people like to ding him. Oh, he's not great in the finals. Well, the numbers say otherwise, Anthony. Can you talk about Curry's importance to this team? He, he was their guy there in the fourth quarter in overtime. Yeah, I mean, well, look, Kevin Durant's called him their system before, and that's basically what he is. I mean, it's just mostly it's the gravity. Uh, he just stretches the defense so far out there uh, to 30 feet, and if they don't come out to 30 feet, he's hitting 30-footers. Uh, and, you know, his passing is probably underrated. I thought he had probably the assist of the night to Livingston in overtime. And, um, he, he's kind of, the way he can kind of wiggle and he finish, he's finishing really well in these playoffs. I thought in the Houston series, that was maybe the key to the series. Was, remember how much like Capella and Nene, even at the beginning of the series when he was playing, they were pushing out on those yeah. switches all the way to 30 feet. He just started going to the rim. We're talking about a guy during the regular season. I think he only made about like 2.5 shots at the rim basically per game. He was making like seven per game against Houston. And uh, that's just, he, you know, he's smart. He's a smart player, which people don't talk about. And he's adjusting to defenses. And uh, I think in this Cavs series, you saw it a little bit the other day, but they're playing, they're trying to play the Warriors like Houston. They don't have a, as good a personnel to right. do it, but they're trying. And, and Steph going to the rim, I thought, uh, still a little bit more. And um, I think, I think he'll finally, you know, if the Warriors can pull this off and if LeBron doesn't go 50-50-50, basically, uh, I think he'll finally get his finals MVP and, and then I'll maybe cut that narrative that you're talking yes. about. Talking with Anthony Slater of The Athletic. Anthony, I don't know how close you were to the court uh, for Game 1, but there was a moment that I thought was fascinating. Uh, at the end of the game in overtime, there was like 35 seconds left and LeBron blocked a Curry layup. Um. And it seemed as if Curry said something to the effect of, oh, you, you couldn't just give me a layup at the end of the game, huh? It's over. And he was smiling, seemed to be joking. And LeBron, you know, basically MF'd him. And, and Curry looked at him like, what, what, are you serious? And, you know, LeBron shoves him and Clay got involved. You know, first of all, did you see the encounter? You know, would anybody talk about what happened? Because afterward, LeBron would say nothing. Curry said nothing. And, and you know, big picture. What's that? Is there still some disrespect from LeBron, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook about Steph Curry and his place in this league? Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, LeBron particularly, because I think LeBron, you know how LeBron is about guys who won MVPs. He thinks he should be the MVP every year. And, like, I kind of understand it because he is the best player and he's been the best player every year. But at the same time, like, look, MVP is for the regular season MVP and he's not had, like, terrific nice. regular seasons. I like Harden deserved it this year. Curry obviously deserved it, his the seventy three win season. But uh, LeBron kind of grumbles when other guys win MVPs, and it kind of reminded me of the moment. Remember in the uh, I think it was what, two finals ago where LeBron had the block. Yes, when he kind of had to look back at him. Uh, it reminded me of that, but it just seemed like a weird time because at least that one it was like at the end of a good Cavs win. This is at you know they were down ten in overtime at that point. Uh, but I will say um, it was kind of a weird moment. I think LeBron recognized that it was maybe a little bit disrespectful because then the, the Tristan Thompson thing happens literally like one possession later. Yeah. Uh, and while the stoppage is going on and the refs are reviewing all that happened, uh, LeBron and Curry went over, they were talking to each other, and they were doing it with like jerseys over their mouths. So it was clearly like a, huh. you know, I think a pretty like professional talk or whatever, however you want to call it, where they didn't want their lips to be red. And it looked like – 
I don't know if LeBron was apologizing or what, but they're kind of discussing this thing. So now that's uh, interesting. I, that, I cameras didn't pick that up, did it? Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I tweeted about it, and I know I, I saw a few others tweeting about like, "Hey, it looks like they're having a pretty cordial conversation." Nobody could obviously read their lips because they were purposely doing yeah. that. But it seemed to, it seemed more respectful, a lot more respectful than the first one. Do you think Anthony there is? And I know this is going to sound weird, but do you think there's some jealousy from LeBron toward Curry, like? Steph Curry is is interrupting LeBron's legacy. LeBron came back to Cleveland to to you know win a bunch of titles, and and out of nowhere came Curry and the Warriors, and then they get Durant, and now you know LeBron, man, I'm I'm killing it, and Curry's got the best selling jersey in the league. The media gives him unanimous MVP, and and shucks, you know I'm I don't I don't do you just do you think jealousy maybe is a word that applies here at all? You, I I think. Maybe a few years ago, because I think there was still kind of a sense a few years ago that it was a gimmick what Steph was doing, and it came out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, there was like I felt like there was respect for Steph because where he got to, but then when it got to the point, it was like okay, they were like putting him on the pantheon level of like the top five players in the league. Uh, there was a bit of like a bite back, but to me now he's doing he's been doing it about five years running, um, and just the Warriors. I mean, they're established, so you know, so much that. Uh, I think that's gone a little bit. I mean, well, that's why they, Anthony, I mean, listen, Chris Paul. No, I mean, clearly. I mean from I mean from LeBron. Oh, from LeBron. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I just just him the other day, you know, going up to him and, and doing what I'm talking about. I, I think there's. I'll just say, I just think there's a higher level of respect for LeBron to Steph because uh, he kind of recognizes like extended greatness more than just like a spurt greatness. Okay. Uh, so uh, I think it's maybe getting better now. You know, at the same time, he's probably pretty frustrated that the, these Warriors had to come along, like you said, when he was should be piling up titles, and he's obviously piling up East titles, but he wants NBA titles. Yeah. Well, uh, let, me, let me ask. Fine, Chris Paul. You know, he's the guy who was supposed to be next. Remember him and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Lob City. Like they knocked off the Warriors the the summer that uh, LeBron went to went back to Cleveland. So Chris Paul supposedly had next, and of course, he never really had it. And then when he hit that shimmy on Curry, like, listen, yeah. I know people say Curry's a front runner, but Anthony, you've watched Curry. He never disrespects people in their eye like that. He does it like yeah. at the other end of the court, or does he do it in their face? And I don't see it. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Sometimes when he hits big shots, he does it a little bit. And people say, which is fine. Because uh, you know what? I thought he had the great quote in that series. Like, if I'm going to shimmy around, like, I, I need to be able to take shimmies when, when I'm not playing well or mm-hmm. when somebody's doing it to me. So, um, yeah, I mean, Chris Paul kind of has that history. And he, I mean, you kind of laid out, you know, the fact that Chris Paul was supposed to be next and it was supposed to be over the top. And uh, Chris Paul has this, like, burning competitiveness. He does. That I think kind of, yeah. kind of adds to that, I don't know, pettiness, I guess you'd say. And uh, Yeah, I'm sure there's a little bit of, you know, jealousy or whatever you want with Steph. But the truth is, I think when these guys go home at night, they can grumble about it a bit, but... Like I mean, like Steph is not a bad human, like in any no. aspect of his life. So it's not like they can really uh, not like the guy. Imagine if uh, Chris Paul had that burning desire to work out in the off season and come in in shape. You know, no, that's a that's a that's a below the belt shot. All right, Anthony, let me get you out of here on this. There's a yeah. Kevin Durant situation. You know, I, former players are talk whispering about it that Durant seems unhappy. He doesn't look as like he's having the joyful postseason he had last year. And listen, we know he can potentially opt out. And this is a tough one, Anthony, but is there any chance Kevin Durant leaves the Warriors this offseason? And what are your thoughts on 
just his demeanor, his look. And I got to be honest, last couple games of the Rockets series didn't really seem that locked in. Uh, Steph Curry was the better player. And then in game one, he felt like he was trying to go to LeBron, like, oh, LeBron's got 51, I got to match him. Yeah. Um, as far as you know, percentage chance he let, leaves, I think it was March that he literally went on the record with me saying he was 100% coming back and said that like he, he's hopeful to sign a long-term deal that oh. takes him in, into the you know San Francisco arena. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't maybe necessarily label it 100, but I would probably put it in the high 90s that he's coming back. I mean, just because, uh, look, I've covered this guy in the past where I thought he was coming. You know, I covered the Thunder. I thought he was coming back. And just he's got, he's got a bit of unpredictability to him. Uh, and the season's been weird. Uh, weird. I, I think all the – yeah, but you know, with all the injuries and especially late in the year when Steph went out, they, they struggled without Steph, and um, you know he really kind of dragged himself back into like the isolation thing and uh, just how poorly the defense and everyone was playing around him. It just it was like an unhappy time around the franchise. And then the playoffs started, and I thought he kind of got his rhythm back. You know, he played well in the Spurs series. He had that weird uh, game three in New Orleans, but right after that, he, he really closed that series strong. Uh, and then the Houston series comes, and I remember he goes 38 points, 37 points the first two games yeah. of the Houston series. Uh, the only problem with that is I, I, he was so effective in isolation in that series early on that I think he kind of got a bit kind of obsessed with it, and Kerr was really going to it, and then the offense got really jacked up because Ariza started playing it well, and Houston was really switching well and playing really physical and pushing Durant out. Uh, and then he suddenly became inefficient. And the, fan, the one thing that's been weird around here is that the fan base is kind of, I don't want to say against KD, but like they're just so st- they're so adoring of Steph. Oh that, boy, yeah, uh, and they're, Durant they're quick to feel criticize long. KD. Uh, and just through that whole series, he got he, you know, criticism kind of rained on him quickly, and I think it kind of jacked his head up a little bit. Where he seems a bit out of it now, and. You know, he pulled him. He's pulled himself out of it at key moments. Like I thought, he was really good in Game Seven in Houston. He kind of closed. Yeah, that. third quarter, he was uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think he had three biggest shots in the fourth over Gordon to kind of close that series. Uh, and you know, uh, he, bad game one for him. I mean, obviously the box out that everyone missed box out on J.R. Smith that he got saved on, and he, you know, he's had weird defensive moments. So I kind of think, you know, he's a little. Not necessarily disengaged, but it's just, I don't know, he's floating around out there at times, but then he also pulls himself back, and he's still going to score his you know, 30, basically. Uh, but it's been weird, but I, I still would be shocked if he left, I'll just say that. Because hmm. they're probably going to win the title. So, I mean, you can say what you want, but he's going to be going in the offseason yeah. saying, I just got back-to-back titles. The thing you said that was most interesting was, you know, Steph is so beloved there that he's, yeah. Durant's never going to be on that level. Does he want to go somewhere where he's loved? I don't know that that place exists. Maybe Washington D.C., but no, uh, there's a place. There's a place that exists. In oh Alaska, no! So don't no, no, say no, OKC. Well, I don't. He's, I don't think he should go back there. No, I'm not saying he should go back there. I'm not even saying he should have stayed there. But if his goal was just to be as absolutely beloved as possible by a fan base, that's that he had that and yeah. he left it willingly. That's and it's good. fine. And he went to Steph's franchise. He was never going to come and own Steph's franchise. Yeah. All right, great stuff, Anthony. Anthony Slater from The Athletic. And uh, we love your coverage, Anthony. Enjoy the rest of the series. I right, appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. That's uh, smart stuff uh, about Kevin Durant. It, it seems like there could be something there. Maybe we're reaching. All right, coming up next here on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio, we're going to replay that Oscar Robertson, uh, some of that stuff from that interview earlier this hour. Uh, pretty phenomenal. And I know you're going to disagree because who says Jordan's not the best player in NBA history? Oscar Robertson, that's who. 
We'll do that next. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I, I just, I don't want to... I don't want to come off hammering Oscar Robertson, but because Rob, you you've known him for a while. Like when I said, you know, Magic greatest point guard of all time, he like cut me off and was like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute." Who says Magic Johnson's the greatest point guard of all time? I mean, is I didn't know there was any discussion about that. Rob, were you aware that was on the table? I thought some things were locked in as certainties. Tom Brady, greatest quarterback of all time. Check. Well, I mean, you're thinking about what the media and people like you. No, and me I'm think. thinking human beings no, who no, watch no, no, basketball. No, no, no. no, you found this out just last week, or even earlier this week. Everyone's talking about Jordan versus LeBron. Who's the best player? You know what Kobe says? Hey, don't forget my five. Oh, stop! Co- look, no, these guys, these guys, Kobe. legitimately. When you're at that level, they all think they're the best, and that's why they are as good as they are. You don't think Kobe's in the LeBron? To the, I guarantee you. I no, guarantee no, you. you that Kobe believes that he's well, just that's, as good well, as that's, they are. that's fine. And that's why Oscar Robertson, I guarantee you, thinks, "Hey, I'm better than Magic Johnson." Okay, fine. If you want to give him a pass for asking about Magic, mm-hmm. fine. Oscar was a point guard. Fine. Can we play the part where I asked him about LeBron versus Jordan? Because what's the argument there? I mean, uh, Oscar Robertson was a very good player. There were nine teams in the NBA. Okay, so this is Oscar Robertson, a very uh, smart, intelligent, former NBA player. He's an all-time great, a Hall of Famer. Here's what happened when I asked him about greatest players of all time. So, Oscar, who who would you say is your, from your eyes, the best player you've ever seen in NBA history? Is it not Jordan or LeBron? You know, I mean, I, first of all, I didn't play against those guys. Yeah. So I'm just sitting and playing against maybe this diluted talent they're playing against. Uh, you Ooh, know, I mean, diluted talent, Oscar. Wow. <laughs> well, for instance, um, you, you got you got LeBron. Well, they've been he's been doing this for, I guess guys for fourteen years. They haven't figured it out yet, have they? Uh, that's a fair point. Uh, but yeah. uh, I mean, uh, you 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 think the talent is not as good as it was? Uh, well, no, you know. no, no, no. See, here we go. Here we go. No, I didn't. I said maybe, maybe, maybe. Jordan played. Who, who who was guarding Jordan? Who was guarding LeBron? You know, maybe they, maybe that's a diluted talent. When I said diluted talent, that may be be, be, be a deficient situation deficiency. Dude, when I don't I don't think I don't think when you talk to all these players playing today, if you if, say if you had eight teams, you'd be surprised who wouldn't be playing. You hmm. every every player you see playing today. Are, are, to me, are not great players. This is why you see some of these teams win 15 games, 20 games, and lose 60 or something like that. Mm. If, they, if they were if they were better, you'd see you see a, a closer closer tabulation of the games and whatnot. No, not no. I think there are a lot of that. When you got 30 or some teams, that, that everyone's not not as good as the other players. That's why Golden State's winning all the time. Okay, so Oscar Robertson, his contention is oh, 30 teams in the NBA, there's a lot of garbage out there. But when I played the insinuation, 1961, there was nine teams. I'm looking at the All-Star game, and yeah, you've got legends. Uh, Oscar Robertson, Bob Pettit, Elgin Baylor, Jerry West. That's an All-Star team. And then you look at the other team, and there's guys like I've never heard of. Again, this is 1961. Larry Costello, Richie Guerin, 
I mean, you look at the end of the bench of the NBA All-Star game this past season, and you've got, like, really, really, really good players. I mean, is DeMar DeRozan a Hall of Famer? I don't think so. But to insinuate that a guy like DeMar DeRozan couldn't play in 1961? I mean, DeMar DeRozan might have been, like, the fourth best player back then. And he's he's nothing special now. I mean, I love this Oscar Robertson stuff. We're going to have to come back to it. Coming up next here on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio. I got some bad news for Warriors fans, unfortunately. High noon on the East Coast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Great two hours in the books. It doesn't feel like it's been two hours, does it, Rob? I mean, I looked up at the clock. I'm like, dang, we've only only got an hour left. I might be the only weekend sports radio host in the country who wants more time. Like, I just got so much to say, probably too much. Uh, and that gets, gets me in trouble sometimes. Um, but, you know, we had an interesting interview with Oscar Robertson uh, in the last hour. We'll play some of that back for you shortly. But I do want to quickly talk about what I opened the show with. And it was a moment at the end of game one of the finals in overtime, a moment between LeBron and Steph Curry. And we talked about this with Anthony Slater of The Athletic. He was in the building covering the game. And LeBron had swatted a Steph Curry shot. And, you know, the Warriors were up 11. And Curry kind of joked to him, hey, he couldn't even give me one layup, man. You know, smiling, laughing. He's having fun. These guys are millionaires playing basketball, having fun. Like, what a life. And LeBron kind of was like, don't bring that bleep, bleep, bleep in here. MF, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, whoa. Curry was, I mean, Steph Curry looked at him like, with the wide eyes, like, are you serious? Are you being serious right now? And Clay Thompson stepped in, and then LeBron shoved Curry. And it was just one of those moments where, listen, I know J.R. Smith, the refereeing, all that stuff is important. But to me, the big picture, I saw that. I was like, dang. LeBron's talked about chasing ghosts. He ain't even trying to give up layups. He's not trying to be friends with nobody on the court. Now, Anthony Slater of The Athletic, who was in the building, said that what was not shown on ABC cameras was that, like, you know, on the next possession when Tristan Thompson and Draymond got into it, Curry and LeBron were kind of off to the side, and LeBron picked up his jersey and covered his mouth and was talking to Curry. And Anthony Slater says it may have been some sort of apology. Hey, man, I didn't mean to F-bomb you or whatever a moment ago. It could have been, but the players refused to talk about it afterwards. I think it just speaks to the larger volume, the bigger picture of where LeBron is in his career now. He wants to catch Jordan and win six titles. We know he's going to pass Jordan in every fathomable stat. But he's he's not going to get six rings because of Steph Curry. Remember, LeBron went to Miami, won two titles in four years, and then he said, I've got some unfinished business in Cleveland. Let me go back there. And at the time, this is what the league looked like, okay? The East was ripe for the taking because wherever LeBron went, they were going to run the show. And in the West, you had the Spurs were getting old. Manu was 36. Tim Duncan was 37, okay? 
You had the up-and-coming Clippers, Lob City at the time, and you had KD and Russell Westbrook. So LeBron leaves the heat for Cleveland? Folks, Steph Curry's Warriors were not on the radar. They just lost to the Clippers in the first round. Nobody knew that Steph Curry was going to do this and the Warriors were going to make this run. Remember, the Warriors had just like fired Mark Jackson. They won like 50 games, fired Mark Jackson. It's like, huh? Huh? And then Steve Kerr almost took the Knicks job, went to the Warriors. And I guess the rest is history. Because they've gotten in LeBron's way. They are an impediment to LeBron's legacy. And so, I don't know if jealousy is the right word, but there is certainly some anger from LeBron James towards Steph Curry and what he's accomplished. This little runt. This little 6'3", skinny guy jacking three-pointers. Hey, that was a nice little story, but now you're in my way of catching greatness, and I think LeBron is angry. And I think LeBron's going to lose this series despite uh, what's probably going to be another record-setting performance when you look at his numbers. He averaged a triple-double last year, and they lost. Of course, last year, Kevin Durant was tremendous. Averaged 35 a game. He was lights out. Um... Let's pivot to Kevin Durant, you know, off the LeBron Curry beef. And, and you know, I will say Rob, producer Rob pointed this out at the end of the Rockets series. Something seemed off about Durant. First two games against Houston, he had 75 points. You know, he was cementing, I'm the best player in the league. I won the finals MVP last year. I'm unguardable. We're a juggernaut. And, and something happened. I don't know if it was off the court. But Durant didn't look like the same player the rest of the series. Now, he did still average 30 points a game. So let's not scoff and say he was garbage. Like, that's silly. But something seemed off in the final two games for Durant. He wasn't their alpha. It was Steph Curry. In game seven, they were down 11 at the half, and they stormed back. I was panicking at the half, by the way. I had to go outside and shoot. I was so nervous for the Warriors. And then Curry goes off. Curry led the charge. In the third. Durant then amplified it, and he made a bunch of big shots, and he was big in the fourth. He was good, but that was a Steph Curry game, right? Was it not, Nick? That was a, I'll remember game seven as 27 missed threes for the Rockets, and Steph Curry took over in the third. And in game one, as LeBron goes on his tear, Durant's kind of struggling. He's forcing some bad shots. He was 8 of 22. He made some nice plays. I think he had six assists. But for Kevin Durant, it was not an amazing game. Not when you look across the court and LeBron's got 51 and he's playing with, you know, George Hill, okay? And he's playing with uh, Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson. So I think what's going on is LeBron is in Durant's head a little bit. And that's why when producer Rob says, hey, you know, I wonder if Durant leaves. I think that's a it's a a reasonable question. I don't think it'll happen. I think it's a reasonable question to ask. Because how can you be the best player in the league, or if you want to call him the second best, fine, whatever, and not be the best player on your own team or beloved by your fan base? Because Steph Curry is that guy in Golden State. He's worshipped. There was a great line in Billions where Axe 
If you guys watch Billions on Showtime, just a tremendous show. Axe goes, my kids think I can fly. Like he says that and I just start cracking up. Kids in the Bay Area think Steph Curry can fly. My kids, they both got Curry and LeBron jerseys. You know, we watch game one and they want to meet Steph Curry over any athlete. Like it's not even close. <laughs> That's the guy. Dad, can I meet Steph Curry? I'll see what I can do, guys. <laughs> Maybe he'll come through FS1 one of these days and we'll yank you out of school because we know what the priority is. But um, it's just a really interesting situation with Durant. Now, I don't think Durant can leave because can you imagine the beating he would take if he left? Go- like, where would you go and then you're not going to win? Like, he's not going to win in Washington, D.C. with the Wizards. You can't go back to OKC. I, I you just that's 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 not happening. Right? Lakers. That's uh, Nick chiming in with the Lakers, and and like, how do you think he's going to the Lakers, Nick? I'm just how is he going to the Lakers? I don't have my future hashtag Lakers sound drop, but I I'm just every single time, Jason, that there's some kind of great player that opens up, he's going to be a future Laker. Yeah, I, that's how it I, goes. I don't see it happening. Well, now, Jason, I have a question for Rob, you. Rob, fire away. Uh, uh, Rob is full uh, of blowing up these. This orders. is my question. He just wants to now, nuke this team. If my source is correct, yeah. and I'd like to think that they are, because it's someone who is very close to Kevin Durant. If it turns out that he's not happy and he really is, you know, possibly looking into leaving, maybe not this offseason, but maybe in a year or two, does part of you feel bad for KD? In the sense that people's heads just explode. No, 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 that he feel bad for KD. That he couldn't be satisfied by winning. That he thought he knew exactly what he wanted. That he knew that if he got a championship, that it it, it fulfill whatever he was missing. And it looks like he's even more angry at the world now than he was in Oklahoma. Well, City. that's a good question because it feels like he wants the respect. And that's just not something you're going to get. You got to earn that respect. He thought he had earned it last year in the finals, right? He outplays LeBron. He averaged 35, hit that shot in his eye to win the game. I mean, Durant murdered LeBron in the fourth quarter of that whole series. And then yet, he's got a ring. He's got a finals MVP. He's a champion. And yet, the perception is he's a snake He's not a real champion. And and I think that's wrong. And ultimately, over time, I mean, Rob, look, we've already not forgotten about, but the decision is a distant memory. That's way in the past. I mean, people forget this stuff. Did not did Kobe Bryant not demand a trade from the Lakers? Nick, you would know. I mean, we forget this stuff because so much else happens. When you're surrounded with by Kwame Brown and Smush Parker, I would request a trade to like like Kevin Durant what, Co- joined- fine let me push you back further Nick Kobe shoved Shaq out of town uh-huh. they could have had yes. they could have kept their dynasty Shaq was still in his prime they much. lost the Pistons in 04 man that that shouldn't have happened and they lost badly too that that was not lasting uh, Kobe Shaq was never gonna last and and ultimately Kobe is still beloved out here and Co- and Kobe we was the better option. So yes. so Kobe shoved Shaq out. 
Yep. We won't even get into the Colorado stuff. Uh-huh. And then he demanded a trade. He crapped on his teammates like Smush Parker and those guys. And, and he should have, yep. And people still love him. And 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 yep. three back-to-back-to-back finals with only Pau Gasol, and he got two titles Only Pau Gasol. Lamar oh, Odom was on that own, team, dude. Yeah, Lamar Odom. Okay. He was a great player. And, and and I guess you mentioned Bynum too, who was good for a second. Look he, at Kobe Bryant. I mean, that's a, <laughs> the the the, oh. the disrespect that Kobe has. Jason, we got a break. Oh, Let's go. We we got a break here. Well, Nick, we'll let Nick go on one of his Kobe benders uh, this week or next or maybe this summer. Um, <laughs> I don't know. At some point, coming up next, we're going to talk to Brian Windhorst. Uh, the guy's good. He just knows his stuff. He's coming up next. Don't change the station. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Man, guys really going after Oscar Robertson on social media. Listen, he's an older gentleman. You know how the older generations are. They're very rooted in what they believe. Oscar Robertson doesn't think Magic's the best point guard of all time. I I can't do anything about that. He doesn't think Jordan is the greatest player ever and LeBron. Like, I mean, that's just how these older gentlemen are. All right, joining the show now, uh, he covers the Cavs. He covers the NBA. I mean, he's plugged in as anybody. Brian Windhorst from ESPN. Brian, good morning. How are you? Someday I'll be an older gentleman. <laughs> Someday you'll be older. It's happening okay. faster. It's happening faster than I thought. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, covering some of these games, man, they got to wear you down out here on the West Coast. Uh, let, let me start here, Brian, because you had some thoughts on a podcast this, yesterday regarding the LeBron Curry moment at the end of the game where LeBron kind of MF'd him after Curry was joking <laughs> around. Now, why are you laughing? Because I said MF. Or... I, I just like kind of MF'd him. I. I... It is always funny. <laughs> so Anthony Slater said there was a moment like 30 seconds after that during the Tristan Thompson, Draymond Green dust up that LeBron kind of covered his mouth with his jersey and was talking to Curry, and it appeared to be some kind of apology. Did you see that? Do you do you buy that or whatever? I saw it. I don't know if it was an apology. I don't think that they walked away best buddies, but you're not expecting them to. And, um, you know, it, it was interesting because um, – uh, there was a bit of a dichotomy in the way <clears throat> excuse me, the two teams saw the end of the game um, either playing hard or messing around. The Warriors <laughs> were kind of messing around a little bit. The Cavs were sort of frustrated and still playing hard. LeBron blocking shots. And at one point they, like, trapped Durant. And, and then, you know, Tristan Thompson running out and fouling Livingston. Like, you could just tell the Cavs were very frustrated and it was kind of like the Warriors saying, you mad, bro? You know, so it, it, it was very, the Warriors were very much being themselves, which is sort of playful. And, and you know, that's fine. But, you know, he got on the Cavs' nerves, you could tell. Yeah, but LeBron doesn't play that, uh, especially when he's not chasing Michael Jordan's ghost. And I know I, I don't want to bring up Jordan this early, but, Brian, let's be honest. When he went back to Cleveland from Miami, LeBron, the Warriors were not anywhere. They were not on anyone's radar. They had just lost in the first round. You know, they just fired Mark Jackson. Uh, I mean, you could make the argument, Brian, that Steph Curry is a massive impediment to uh, LeBron's legacy here catching Jordan. I know LeBron's been amazing, but Curry has been a huge roadblock. He's about to win his third title in four years. 
Yeah, the Warriors are a phenomenal team. You could argue that they're one of the best teams of all time, without question. And you know, that's why um, uh, one of the things that I always try to point out is the value of a championship and um, just how damn hard it is to get your hands on one. And, um, you know, and, and why these players put themselves through a lot and, and why it's so important to them and why one should never, ever be diminished. You know, my friend Bill Simmons, he wrote up this book, The Book of Basketball, that came out probably seven or eight years ago. And in it, he like went through over all these championships and he attached all these asterisks. <laughs> well, this guy was hurt on this one. This guy was hurt on this one. Or this call happened there. In my mind, if you're holding the trophy at the end of the season, I don't care what anything happened. I don't care if 80% of the league uh, you know, fell in a hole and disappeared. If you win the trophy and you're holding it at the end, it means never having to say you're sorry. And it just... The difficulty that LeBron has had to deal with the Warriors is just a reminder of how valuable the, the, the titles that he has are and how valuable that one, especially in 2016, is. We're talking with Brian Windhorst, New York Times best-selling author, uh, TV, radio, podcast guy at ESPN. He does it all. Brian, um, I won't bore you with J.R. Smith questions. Uh, we talked about him earlier. I knew his family well. I nearly wrote a book on him uh, back in the day when he was a high school star. Uh, but I, I do have to ask, what, when, you, when LeBron looks around at what happened, geez, J.R. Smith screwed me. Man! And then he looks around at Jordan Clarkson and Rodney Hood's not getting off the bench. And he looks across <laughs> and the Warriors are a juggernaut. I mean, he cannot stay in Cleveland. There's no way he's staying in Cleveland. And Brian, let me add this. I looked it up. No team in the modern era has gotten to the finals five years in a row. Not the Lakers, not Jordan's Bulls. No team has gotten there five years in a row. I personally think the Warriors are very vulnerable next year, and that's why I do believe LeBron comes to the Lakers. I don't know. I, 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 it, it is what LeBron's gone through to get this team here. It's, it's, it's kind of what it makes you laugh. Um, <laughs> this playoff run has been preposterous. Uh, I mean, the, the stuff that has happened in these last two months and the play that LeBron has had um, is just, it's, it's, I laugh because um, I, I, I have I'm drained of all other emotion about it. And the, the thing that makes me laugh about everything, and I know it's, it, some people, especially in Cleveland, would find it hard to laugh, but when LeBron got mad at JR, he, he eventually just had to turn around and walk away. He yeah. knew that there was, it was no use in continuing to yell at him. Yeah. Because he's just like, you know, he understands. LeBron, better than anybody, completely understands his situation. He totally understands what his, limit- what his limitations are, what his team's limitations are. And he's just, he's determined he's going to make the best of it. You know, sometimes you go to the kitchen for dinner and you just don't have a lot in the fridge and you just make the best of it. You get the salt and pepper out and you do the best you can. And, um, when it comes to his future, um, you know, I think the difference between this free agency and others in the past is that um, there isn't a terrific option out there for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the options that I can see today, and remember, the options can change. We, we may see differences and things that happen around the draft and trades and stuff, but none of the options today are great. All of them have a compromise, and he's going to probably have to determine what he wants to compromise on. Okay, and, well, well um, Brian, let me interrupt yeah. that. Okay, so I would agree the options aren't great. But when you look at what he just did in game one with a bunch of C or D level players around him, I mean, why if if you put him on the Lakers, add Paul George in that mix, that's a way better team than he has in Cleveland right now. I, mean, I don't for, know. I I don't know. I really? Mean, you, the thing about it is, Jason, a LeBron, 
LeBron teams have to have certain facets to them. If you're going to be successful around LeBron, you've got to have shooting. Okay. You've got to have great shooting. And you really need a floor-spacing big man. And this is why I stop short on anybody who wants to assume that he's just going to pencil in Philadelphia. I mean, if you're going to play with LeBron James and you're going to be the big, you're going to stand in the corner and wait for the ball. <laughs> uh, if you don't believe me, you better go speak to Chris Bosh and Kevin Love about that. And I, 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 maybe Joel Embiid is prepared to sign that and say, no okay, I, I will go in the corner and wait for the ball. But that's not the Joel Embiid that I know. Ooh, that's, that's good. What I'm saying. That's good. That's what Brian. I'm saying. Like he has to make a he has to make some a compromise. I mean, maybe one of the compromises he has to make is, you know what? Maybe I need to go somewhere where I won't have the ball all the time. Maybe I need to go somewhere where I <clears throat> reduce my minutes and we change things around. Maybe he will do that. But no, he's still he's still at the top of the game. So, yeah, that, he you know, can't. There's no way. I mean, the guy just dropped 51, and you said it. He's having the greatest postseason in NBA history. For uh, I I can't fathom. LeBron all of a sudden taking a step back. Oh, yeah, I'll take the ball out of my hands. You know, it's just to me, that's shocking, Brian. All right, let me get yeah, you out of here so, on this. I, I, so I'm talking about the Lakers. Who's going to shoot the three? Yeah, I, I, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, <laughs> not Lonzo. I mean, you know, it ain't, it's, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, let's, so, all right, go all right, ahead. Let me get you out of here on this one. Uh, top five point guards of all time. I just want your quick reaction. I got Magic 1, Curry 2, Isaiah Thomas 3. Without diving into stats and all that stuff, any major disagreement? I mean, it sounds good to me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, Isaiah Thomas is, you know, right there. I'm glad you have him in there. Um, you know, the other day on the court before the game, I was talking to Isaiah and Stephen A. They weren't on TV or anything, and they were having an argument over LeBron. And I was like, guys, can we not have an argument when we're not even on TV? Can we just... <laughs> Talk about something fun instead of this. No, uh, I think you know. By the time Steph is done, who knows how many titles he's going to have? He's a very different player than Magic. Um, you know, LeBron plays point guard too. How, how, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you figure LeBron in there? Because he's essentially a point guard. That's a great question. So I don't know. Yeah. All right, Brian Windhorst. I know you got to go. Thanks for a gr- uh, great spot. We'll hopefully talk to you before free agency. Take care, Jason. All right, man. See you, Brian Windhorst. He's good. Listen, he, he just made a phenomenal point. Uh, I, I I mean, Brian, this is... Hold on, Rob. Focus. Uh, fo- guys, focus here for a second, okay? When Chris Bosh joined LeBron, LeBron said, go stand in the corner and make threes. When Kevin Love came to LeBron, Kevin Love, who was a top 10 player in Minnesota by every metric, 26 and 10, go stand in the corner and make threes. Is Joel Embiid going and standing in the corner and taking three-pointers if LeBron goes to Philly. Don't nod your head. There's no way in hell Joel Embiid is going to go stand in corners and shoot threes. Now what's happening, and we're going to go to break here. Ooh, 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 this is good. We talked about it last week. Rob, Nick, listen, they're going to have to get Lonzo out of there. You need shooting. Windhorse just broke it down. They need reliable... Listen, this, the deal, and I looked it up on the trade machine. Lonzo, dang, to Milwaukee from Middleton and Delhi. And you toss in the Lakers' first-round pick in 2019. Give it to him. Give him a second-round pick this year if you want to. Whatever it takes. Yay. Hey, Chris Middleton shot 60% on threes against the Celtics. George Hill was a good three-point shooter, too. How's that working out? I'm just saying. 
fair point. That's a fair. Comment. I'm just saying. I, I don't have a comeback prepared for that. That's no, that's good. Uh, George Hill shot was shooting 27% on threes. Uh, it's one thing in Sacramento to shoot threes. Milwaukee, at least, is a playoff team. Damn. You know, I, can, Rob, can you get the big bosses on the phone and lobby me for another hour? We've just got too much material. Um, all right. We're going to do Oscar Robertson again. <laughs> Did you hear how Windhorst laughed at Oscar Robertson? One day I'm going to be an old man. <laughs> I mean, that's what he sounds like. Robertson is old. All right. We'll, we'll do top five point guards which my list is impeccable. And um, we'll get back to Oscar Robertson. But first, let's go to Deb Carson for the latest in sports. Jason Tiger Woods having a great day. Another birdie now for Tiger. He is seven under par through five third-round holes at the Memorial. Phil Mickelson uh, doing pretty well as well. He's six under par through six holes. Rory McIlroy back in the clubhouse now. After finishing the round eight under par, he started the day at even par, so quite the day for him. Meanwhile, all online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. NBA note for you. Warriors coach Steve Kerr says Andre Iguodala is doubtful for Sunday's Game 2 of the Finals because of his leg injury. NHL Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final is tonight. Caps and Golden Knights even at one game apiece. This game is in Washington. Baseball news. Red Sox placed Mookie Betts on the 10-day DL with left at abdominal strain. The Dodgers placed Clayton Kershaw on the 10-day DL with lower back strain. And I haven't talked about this guy today yet. Just an update on the Johnny Manziel watch front. The former Heisman winner made his preseason debut in the CFL last night, was 9 of 11 for 80 yards in five offensive possessions. And yes, it was reiterated by June Jones that he is just the backup to Jeremiah Masoli. So that is your Manziel watch for the morning. Thank you, Deb. You're welcome. I was just going to say, we didn't have any football on the show. There you have it. Johnny Football did throw some passes. Yes. North of the border. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, I'm your host, uh, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Uh, Let me quickly come out of the break with a fun stat that I just uh, somebody just texted me <laughs> when I was when I was joking to Windhorse that LeBron looks around and he's got Jordan Clarkson okay uh, by the way Jordan Clarkson was like the sixth best guy on the Lakers maybe Jordan Clarkson last six games try not to laugh too hard 82 minutes zero assists <laughs> 28% shooting I, listen, I'm a Jordan Clarkson fan. He was a microwave oven uh, when he played for the Lakers earlier this year. He's just not really fitting in. Zero assists in 82 minutes. How do you, is that possible? You're just not passing the ball. And you're taking bad shots. Um, all right. I mean, we're, we, how good has this show been today, Rob? Uh, honestly, on a scale of 0 to 10, this is like an eleven. I mean, Anthony well, Slater. I'm glad you're having fun. Listen, I know you're working your butt <laughs> off in there. Listen, Anthony Slater got some people in Golden State nervous when he said, you know, in March, Kevin Durant told me I'm 100% coming back. And now Anthony Slater said it's not 100 now, it's high 90s. That uh, Listen, that's significant. So uh, you may be, Rob, I will say this, Rob 
He's a good producer. He knows what he's doing. He's been pushing to me, hey, man, keep an eye on Durant. Something's going on for the last week. And I've been like, eh, you know, because I kind of hate that because I like the Warriors. I kind of want them to win the title because I think it's going to mean LeBron definitely leaves, yada, yada, yada. And now for Anthony Slater to say he's off 100% Durant coming back. I want to see how Durant responds in game two. Nick, he was not very good. Eight for 22, gave up the rebound to J.R. Smith. Listen, if the Cavs had won that game, Kevin Durant would be getting hammered. Nobody would be leading with J.R. Smith. Nobody would be leading with LeBron. It would be like, wow, how bad was Kevin Durant? Um, all right, let me go back to the top five point guards of all time because I tried to talk to Hall of Famer Oscar Robertson about this, and he stopped me in my tracks. I was like, whoa. We will play the Oscar Robertson thoughts on greatest point guard of all time in a moment. But I just want to quickly hammer out my top five point guards of all time. So, Rob, when you put this on social media, will people absolutely hate it or hate it with all the hatred in the world? Because Chris uh, Paul and Russell Westbrook are not in list, it. But they're definitely going to hate it. They're definitely going to hate it. I'll go with the latter. I just don't see what's hateable about it. Again, number one, Magic Johnson. I don't think there's any debate. Five titles. Three MVP awards. Three finals MVP awards. Nine times first team All-NBA. Magic's number one. Steph Curry's number two. Greatest shooter in NBA history. Magic changed the point guard position with his height. Curry has done that with his deep shooting. Now, he's only two times first-team All-NBA. Injuries have kind of hurt uh, this season, of course, but he was great. Two titles, two MVP awards. He's about to get his third title. Could win an MVP award. I think his chances of catching Magic are slim. Very slim. It's possible. Anything's possible with Curry. Number three, I have Isaiah Thomas. Three-time All-NBA first-team. Two titles. Was a Finals MVP. Here's my thing. Isaiah Thomas is behind Curry because of this. And listen closely. His best three years, Isaiah, were 84, 85, 86. Larry Bird won the MVP each of those years. So Isaiah was not even the best player in the conference, much less the league. We're talking about Steph Curry was the most valuable player in the NBA twice. So Isaiah has to be behind Steph Curry. Now, number four is where it starts to get tricky. Honestly, this is, it gets very tough here because you've got guys like Steve Nash. Again, Steve Nash was the MVP of the NBA twice. And I know that they're disputed. You know, Shaq was angry that he was not the MVP. Uh, I, I can understand people being a little ticked off about Steve Nash being MVP. But I'll say this. Steve Nash, three times All-NBA first team. Five times led the league in assists. And you you can counter, hey, man, Steve Nash was not ever the best player on his team. Well, you can say that, but he was the MVP of the league twice. Now, I don't have Nash four. I actually went Jerry West four. Now, don't tell Oscar Robertson. L- listen, uh, Nick, his mouth is agape here. Listen, I have Jerry West as the fourth best point guard of all time. He carried the Lakers to the finals Nine times. That earns my respect. You 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 love what LeBron's doing eight to- finals trips in a row. Jerry West took his team to the finals nine times. Now, he only won once. He was the 
Finals MVP despite losing. The guy had a triple-double in Game 7, and they lost. Jerry West, 10 times All-NBA first team. I argue Jerry West and Oscar Robertson is totally splitting hairs. They played the exact same years in the league. Uh, Oscar Robertson, All-NBA first team 11 times. So Oscar and Jerry are super close. But again, getting to the championship is why I put West fourth. And number five, I go Steve Nash over John Stockton. I'm sorry, I have to change my mind. I look deep at John Stockton and I go Nash. Here's a question, Nick. Was John Stockton ever the best player on his own team? Nope. John Stockton, in his career, has one first-place MVP vote. That's it. That's it. If you're not the best player on your own team, you're not the best player in the conference, you're not the MVP. I Steve Nash was the best player in the league twice. So I, I leave Stockton out. And, and I'll say this. I have Stockton ahead of Chris Paul. Are you ready? Nick, I know you're into this. Can't John wait. Stockton played 82 games, 16 of 19 years. Chris Paul can barely play 75 games. The guy gets hurt every year. Now, Steve, uh, Steve Nash was not the defender Chris Paul was. Chris Paul led the NBA in steals six times. First team all defense seven times. That's excellent. Yeah, Chris Paul's probably eight. So I I would go Magic one, Curry two, Isaiah Thomas three, Jerry West four, Steve Nash five. If I go six, it would be Oscar, then Stockton, then Chris Paul. Jason real, Kidd's up there too. Real quick. Okay, I was going to ask where Kidd yeah, was Jason in Jason Kidd's list. up there. Right. Here, uh, he, he won a title, but was he ever the best player on his own team? He was up there. When he was on those Nets teams, probably the best player on the team. Yes. He did finish second in MVP voting in 2002 to Duncan. Had he won that, maybe it's the best story, but this is what uh, Jason Kidd averaged in 2002. His best season, 14-9-7. and uh, Very good. Very good. 14-9-7, and seven, Nick? Let's look at Lonzo. Uh, Lonzo's never mind. What? Right. No, no, stop. Nothing. nothing stop. Nope. No right. Lakers. So, so Jason Kidd is in there for the second tier. But again, I go Magic, Curry, Isaiah, Jerry West, Steve Nash, top five point guards in NBA history. We will come back and wrap up the show with um, some more Oscar Robertson banter. Man, I wonder if the internet will blow up later this afternoon um, when it's revealed that. He doesn't think Jordan's the best of all time, and he doesn't think Magic Johnson's the best point guard in NBA history. We'll talk about that next. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. It's your boy Jason McIntyre coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What a show. A lot of fun, a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of interesting NBA Finals tidbits. Folks, I'm going to bring it to you every weekend here on this show. I mean, I you know I love the Finals. I love the NBA Draft. Speaking of, we talked Jerry West earlier. So uh, I walk out of my yoga class yesterday. I started doing yoga, which is very good. For, I know guys are going to scoff at it and call me names like the way LeBron undressed Steph Curry on the court. Um 
I'm telling you, yoga is good, mind and body. And guess who's outside my gym yesterday? Jerry West with a contingent of Clippers. Lawrence Frank, uh, a couple assistant coaches doing some uh, scouting for the draft. So I get all these little nuggets. I'm I'm sitting on some stuff. I'm not going to unleash it now in the middle of the finals. Um, Yes, Clippers are looking hard to move up. That's not news. Um, Who their target might be. That's another story. But um, some interesting stuff going on. We talked about Jerry West on the show. We talked about Oscar Robertson. And let me just close here. Because I know that you guys are going to keep asking me on Instagram and on Twitter. So, are you ready to say Kevin Durant's not the best player anymore? Because, like, that's all you're doing. Like, LeBron has an amazing Game 7. Yeah, he torched, you know, the Celtics without their two best players. Well, he torched the Warriors uh, without Andre Iguodala, who is invaluable at both ends, as it should be obvious by now to anybody with eyes. LeBron was the best player on the court in game one, no doubt. By far. 51-8-8. So, naturally, everybody wants to say, oh, is LeBron as good as Michael Jordan? So we asked Hall of Famer Oscar Robertson. You know, he's by far one of the top 25 players in NBA history. That's safe to say, right, Rob? Top 25, yeah. We asked Oscar Robertson, where are you on the LeBron-Jordan debate? Here's what he had to say about an hour and a half ago. So, uh, so Oscar, who who would you say is your, from your eyes, the best player you've ever seen in NBA history? Is it not Jordan or LeBron? You know, I mean, I, first of all, I didn't play against those guys. Yeah. So I'm just sitting and playing against maybe this diluted talent they're playing against. Uh, Woo! You know, diluted talent, Oscar. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> well, for instance, um, you, you've got you got LeBron. Well, they've been he's been doing this, for, I guess, guys for 14 years. They haven't figured it out yet, have they? Uh, that's a fair point. Uh, but yeah. uh, I mean, uh, you 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 think the talent is not as good as it was? Uh, well, no, you know, no, I, no, no. See, here we go, here we go. No, I didn't. I said maybe, maybe, maybe. Jordan played. Who, who who was guarding Jordan? Who was guarding LeBron? You know, maybe they, maybe that's a diluted talent. When I said diluted talent, that may be be, be, be a deficient situation deficiency. Dude, when I don't I don't think I don't think when you talk to all these players playing today, if you if, say if you had eight teams. You'd be surprised who wouldn't be playing. You, hmm. Every every player you see playing today, uh, are, are, to me, are not great players. This is why you see some of these teams win fifteen games, twenty games, and lose sixty or something like that. Hmm. If, they, if they were if they were better, you'd see you see a, a closer closer tabulation of the games and whatnot. No, not no. I think there are a lot of that. When you got thirty or some teams, but, but everyone's not not as good as the other players. That's why Golden State's winning all the time. So what are we going to call that? An old man yelling at a cloud like the Simpsons moment? Let me just, and Oscar Robertson made a decent Boring. point. But I, I, I just have to say this. Look at any industry on the planet. Cars, technology, football players, baseball players. In every walk of life, things are better than they were 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. You remember what phones could do 15 years ago? You couldn't send text messages 15, 16, 17 years ago. Computers. Go look at what a, how big a computer was in 1980. 
Go look at baseball players from the 50s. To think that talent is diluted and there isn't the talent that there was in 1965 NBA versus today. Oscar Robertson, bro, wake up. This is as good as the basketball's ever been in NBA history. The depth of talent is absurd. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Nick. Iowa Sam. Deb Carson. Great show. Podcast up later. Hartman's next. Later. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.